Well, I mean, we can we can talk about pain in general, and then and then um, kind of narrow in on back pain if that's the what we want to talk about in the video. Mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of Americans struggle with back pain, so that's a good <clears throat> topic. Back to and knee and hip. Well, <laughs> Americans <laughs> just struggle with pain. Shoulders, knees, and toes. Knees and toes, which is why we have struggle with painkillers. Wow. Which is another thing I thought about today. It's an epidemic. We should definitely cover. Yep. On another note, on another time, maybe. Are we on right now? <laughs> yeah, Weston likes to start it. I, I saw that it was started. I saw the smirk on your face. <laughs> like, you did something sneaky. So, today's podcast is going to be about... Well, let's, let's welcome back, Daniel. Okay. <laughs> I have taken a bow. It's good to be back. Where yeah. are we at? I'm not complaining though. I didn't didn't miss you guys that much. Oh, I was cool, in, dude. Uh, I can I couldn't. I was in Madrid, Spain with Megan. I'm offended. <laughs> um, you know, um, I was having the time of my life in Madrid. Madrid's a beautiful city. Um, and you know, I got I got a tour guide from Megan, which was awesome. I didn't have to do much of anything besides pay for things. Megan, just, <laughs> I basically just needed a leash that Megan couldn't tug me around on. But, but it was great. I mean, that was the reason why I wasn't here last week. But I did listen to the podcast last week. Uh, it was really cool. Uh, Tyler's a really smart dude when it comes to marathon running. Um, he's, a, he's an intellectual yeah. In general. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know. Well spoken and articulate, especially in yep. in the topic of ultra running. So you guys did a good job without me. Thanks Tyler for holding it down, holding down the seat. Was he sitting here too? In this yep. seat? Okay. We didn't miss you at all. Just no, I know you wondering. didn't. I know you didn't. <laughs> Nobody ever misses me when I leave. But that's okay because I didn't miss you guys either. Um so yeah, it's good to be back. Could you tell that none of our brains were firing on all cylinders? Maybe Gracie's. Because y'all Gracie, Dude, I was, Gracie I seemed like normal. Hell. I, I felt fine until we got done with the run, and then well, like, it was a six and a six mile, six and a quarter mile run, right? Yeah, that's something that y'all aren't used to. After <laughs> after I hadn't ran in like a month, yeah, I hadn't like, ran over in a month. so long. Drank a bunch the night before, and I just did not feel like myself. Yeah, well, it's all. okay because Tyler and Grace <clears> came <throat> on and talked the whole time. Yeah, it worked out yeah. nice. Yeah, it's nice to sit back and listen for once. So. It's interesting. Plus, they're both captivating when they talk about something they're passionate about. So yeah, it was nice to hear their input and, like Weston said, sit back and I didn't feel like too bad because the run got me fired and off on all cylinders. But I was just sitting back and listening because mm-hmm. it was important. So yeah, Dan was gone and we had a couple guests last week. But um, is there anything you want to talk about that you saw in Madrid or? Anything that you want to share, or do you just want to dive right into that podcast? One thing I did notice is that um, the Madridian people are very beautiful and mm-hmm. lean. Like, um, yeah, they just look like like healthy people, which is strange because they do smoke a lot of cigarettes and they drink alcohol quite frequently. But it's um, the food. Food is phenomenal. I love food. Paella. I was joking around calling it Padilla the whole time, but it's paella. Um, it's like a, it's like a stir fry. It's like a Spanish stir fry. That was really good. And then this thing called a tortilla. Now we have like tortilla shells here, right? But this thing, this tortilla in Madrid is like, um, it's like a cheesy potato 
casserole type of thing in a way. Oh, like it's hard to explain, but it's just fire, just so good in your mouth. And so that was really great. Um, for Thanksgiving, I was so I was there last week. Obviously, it was over Thanksgiving, and um, we didn't have time to cook. Megan had a class pretty early, and we slept in. Um, so we didn't really cook any traditional Thanksgiving meal, and they don't do Thanksgiving in Madrid. Uh, so we went that's to our holiday. Yeah, <laughs> hands off Europe. That's an American holiday. Like true Americans, though, we did celebrate. We went to a place called Delicious Vegan Donuts. Mm. Megan can't eat, um, you know, anything dairy in it, so they did have vegan donuts there. And these donuts are massive, like the size of my face. And uh, <laughs> so I got an apple pie donut and a cinnamon roll. Mm. The cinnamon roll was also as big as my face. So Megan got a cheesecake donut mm. and a uh, pumpkin donut. So it was literally like the American Thanksgiving desserts in donut form. <laughs> And like a true American, I overindulged and ate both of mine, and then got a sugar coma afterwards. A sugar <laughs> coma? Maybe, maybe it was some sort of coma. Maybe it wasn't sugar. I, I call it a diabetes coma, actually. That's what I call it. Diabetes coma. <laughs> Two donuts the size of your face and do that to you. It was, was it was a struggle to finish. No, that was uh, Proud of you. dinner. <laughs> yeah, that was it was a struggle to finish. But because it was Thanksgiving, I, I had to do it. I had and to finish. You weren't in the United States, so, I mean, they don't count calories, right? If you're on vacation. Not on vacation. No, not on vacation. And that's what, I mean, it took me a little bit to feel that way, but, like, it was a giant vacation. I did. I drank, I bought into the culture. I drank just with, a, with like, every meal. <laughs> <laughs> it was great. You Like, yeah, when we cooked, we were drinking red wine. Um, yeah, it was a really good time. Enjoy yourself a little bit. Yeah. yeah. It's a beautiful city, beautiful food, beautiful people. So nothing but great things to say about Madrid. And they walk pretty much everywhere. Oh, there's a ton of walking. So you think that's what keeps everybody in relatively good figure? Probably. Because it, it, sounds, it sounds like the food isn't necessarily quote-unquote healthy. Um, yeah, I mean... I'd say it's good food. I like they don't. I mean, they still have like McDonald's and Burger King, you know, around. But um, I think the food's relatively healthy. But yeah, they do walk everywhere, and or take the bus or the metro. Um, you know, Megan's always talking about it. she's got like twenty thousand plus steps a day, um, and it was true. We walked a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. I can almost. I don't know how often I have my phone on me, or if it. Uh, track my steps but we can look that up um yeah oh the the one thing i wanted to get to is that they didn't have um they don't have really a fitness scene there you know there's only a couple a handful of times where i saw um a fit a gym and it was like the same it was the same um same commercial gym hmm i forget what it was called i can't find my steps um, so yeah, fitness isn't really a scene there. Yeah, so if if I move there, I'd have to switch passions or I guess start. I don't know. I guess you could start your own thing there, have a niche maybe. Mm-hmm. But everybody's in pretty good shape there. So we do. Hmm. I don't want to try to look this up because I'm not really good at. Uh... That's kind of interesting though because <clears throat> supply and demand, right? Like, the demand 
to become healthier doesn't sound like it's there because they already apparently take care of themselves. So the gym industry isn't that big because there's no demand for that supply. Yep. But here, there's literally like we're saturated. And there's just gyms at every corner because America is overweight and unhealthy. So they're all looking for that. It's definitely as uh, it's part of our society, it's part of our culture, gyms and fitnesses. But over there, it's just, um, you know, you just walk everywhere. You don't overindulge when you eat. And they stay in good shape. We definitely glorify that overeating. Yeah. yeah. I mean, just look at the hot dog eating contest that plays every 4th of July. And you go to, like, restaurants and it's, like, you know, picture on the wall if you finish the biggest thing on the menu. And, oh, you um, can eat. Chillers has a pandemic. <laughs> you know, like, at almost every restaurant, there's something that glorifies overeating. Well, and there's Thanksgiving, you know. Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving Christmas, like, it's Easter. All of them we do. Every all holiday. Big holidays, yeah. Yeah, there's always a pie for every single holiday. There's always a dessert. There's always something that's super unhealthy. So, yeah. yeah. We, we're very gluttonous people. <laughs> we are. Yeah. Well, even sure. even when we're uh, talking about fitness, I get if you're trying to put on muscle, you glorify stuff in your face yeah. uh, to yeah, put on muscle. But yeah, I mean, dude, yeah, dude. Yeah. So, a couple of good comparisons there mm-hmm. between Madrid and United States. But um, enough about enough about Madrid. We want to talk about pain. Hmm. Pain. What causes pain? love pain. <laughs> I can't get enough. Take it. Go solo. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the only lyrics I know. No, um, I wouldn't go with the next line. It's not very appropriate. Oh, I like it, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, so I kind of brought up the topic of um, lower back pain. Uh, I made Weston stretch me out the other day. Um, I have, I've been having a couple issues with my lower back. My right hip has been bothering me and I think it's just because I've been running more. I've been doing more high intensity cardio and, um, so that was a topic that I brought up so that we could just talk about it just to refresh our brains on things that we can do and what we can teach you to do on your spare time or if you're ever having those issues yourself. So, um, anyone want to start on what they could do or... Well, first, I'd like to, you know, what causes pain? What are the causes of pain? And maybe if, because um, I think there's like four or five. And uh, so maybe if you can think about, maybe if one of these or two of these or three of these even, or all of them vie with you, and then then we can go from there and you can decide what you need to do to fix it. Mm-hmm. Um, so one that Weston brought up earlier that I didn't think about was inflammation. Uh, a lot of inflammation is due to what you eat. Um, and then how much stress you're under on a daily basis. Um, another is just being very tight or inflexible, which, you know, if you're sitting all day, that could be, that could definitely be a part of it. Um, inactivity. Inactivity. If you maybe those go hand in hand. Usually. I think if you're, if you're being inactive, you're usually sitting. Yeah. Cause you're in some type of, <clears throat> you're contracted in one position and, lengthened in another position for an extended period of time and then here comes the tightness well yes. but there's also a contradicting aspect like overworking your body too can cause you to have pain exactly yes oh, same well, thing right working and, out really hard and not doing the work to take care of it and stretching mm-hmm. extra to make sure that or rolling out you know getting mm-hmm. really tight from 
overworking it. Yes, for sure. Um, and the other one is just um, like you said. There's the tight. There's the you know flexing in one position and the stretching in the other. So that stretch, that muscle group that's stretched too often is usually weak. And so those weak muscles, they need to be strengthened. Um, for instance, you know, um, posture is obviously really big. A lot of people yeah. have shoulders rolled forward, right? Mm -hmm. They got really tight pecs, you know, either from, um, you know, working their chest too hard. Or punching on a computer. Or punching on a computer. And that stretches out the, um, the shoulder girdle, the posterior shoulder girdle. Right, so um, the spine itself too, because the spine's in a flex position. Mm -hmm. Right. So instead of an extension. Right. So instead of stretching your back, right, you would actually want to strengthen those back muscles so they can help hold your spine into a into a neutral position mm -hmm. rather than being flexed forward. Um, Poor mechanics. Yes, that's the last one. I think that's the last one. So if you're if you are an avid um, exerciser and you're working out a lot, you could be using poor mechanics. When you're working out and so you got to address those those key mm -hmm. movement issues or also if you're not working out a lot and you're just maybe you're bending over wrong you're like picking well, stuff off the ground walking some people's gait is so jacked up yeah. and then so like let's say their toes point out when they walk so now you have a torque on your ankles your knees and your hips all day long mm -hmm. and all over time that's going to be a problem yeah and and like somebody's everyday job could be terrible on their body if yep. they're moving a moving company or if they're landscape or any type well, of you know, so physical many, activity that they do with their job anything that requires like you say moving it's typically one sided yeah repetitive movement yeah repetitive and then so and then they get off that job and like let's say the movement is in front right they're carrying stuff all day they don't want to go to the gym to do the opposing forces to balance things out because they're tired, so they go home, they sleep, and they wake up, and they repeat the cycle. Mm -hmm. yeah. It creates a massive imbalance. And it's pretty, imbalance. No, it's pretty noticeable mm -hmm. um, if you just look at them walking down the street. And I, don't know, I don't know if it's just me, but like... I it, think it's it, our it, brains. Yeah. Even, even in this field, takes notice more than others. Mm -hmm. I notice posture a lot. Yeah. Some postures really make me cringe. <laughs> um... <clears throat> but yeah, that's kind. Of, I mean, that's kind of the gift and the curse, I guess. Be so critical of somebody's posture without even realizing what they do. But you can pretty much. Uh, I mean, you can kind of guess somewhat accurately what their what their occupation is or what they do on a daily basis just by the way they move, well, while they're walking and, or sitting. And that's what personal training. That's what our job, our passion is, is trying to correct those ailments that people have and trying to get them to move forward so they can do and execute these certain exercises better or daily activities at work or whatever they're doing throughout the day so okay so uh to summarize we got what causes pain we have the type of food that you eat and the stress that you're under um uh, movement quality either you know just overactive or inactive well that's that was the um being overactive or inactive was the stretching or the tightness, right? So being tight, needing more stretching, being inflexible, needing to be more flexible. Um, there was strengthening the muscle groups that are overstre overstretched um, because of being inactive or overactive. And then, um, uh, oh yeah, movement quality, movement patterns. Mm -hmm. So, um, Weston, you are really you've been in depth with the nutrition 
So touch on that a little bit on what are your inflammatory foods? What can you eat to help reduce inflammation? Or what are you eating um, that is causing inflammation? Uh, basically carbohydrates. <clears throat> There's little to no inflammatory response with proteins or fats. I mean, you could get a little bit if you have too much protein, but it would have to be a mega dose and be pretty insignificant to the amount of glucose that's going to convert to. But carbohydrates, for the most part, sugars, yeah, is what is what we can really nail it the down. The type with. of carbohydrate, because you know it's complex and they're simple. Um, there's refined. The refined would, would be the same as simple. Um, refined is more just like um, how it's made, right? Because you get like refined sugar, refined flour. Yeah, it's processed. Which would probably fall under the categories. Simple, simple. Yeah. So one of the best ways I've ever myself looked at eating carbohydrates is you can utilize carbohydrates in a good way but most of the time the american diet the carbohydrates are so high in most foods that you're getting way too much so that's where you're starting to see that inflammation so i always say um the food that you eat is the fuel for your body so you can look at that imagine driving a prius and if you're putting diesel fuel in a prius you're going to run that prius is going to run worse there's going to be other problems within the engine that are going to cause the whole entire car to essentially break down. Mm -hmm. So if you look at that and you look at your own diet and you're eating a bunch of carbohydrates and you're fueling your body with terrible foods, your body's not going to run as efficiently as if you were to put the right fuel for your body and you eat the right amount of foods and the right no, proteins and fats sure. and carbs. But we can't condemn carbohydrates, right? So we no. need to no, I'm saying not all carbohydrates are created equal is what we're yeah, saying. Yeah, well, so I mean like don't be going out and eating Skittles and Mountain Dew and then wondering why you don't feel good and why why your your hands are inflamed and you feel like you get arthritis. Like a lot of the times when you look at arthritis studies, it's the increase in carbohydrates that people are eating or like the soda people are drinking and they get like arthritis in their hands or carpal tunnel. It's like those people that work at a desk and they're eating foods that are not good for their body all day long and they're typing away. Obviously, that stuff's going to be more inflamed by the food that they've eaten throughout the day. Sure. So, like, just switching it up a little bit. Yeah. Um, type of carbohydrates, the timing, the quantity, they all need to be taken into consideration. Um, and then, like you said, they can be used for good and then they can be used for evil. So, it's just understanding <clears throat> your activity level what energy that you're asking to be demanded of and having them at the right time. I always like to um, compare glycogen, which is what sugar turns into, into the muscle and the liver as a storage. So it's a, let's call it a, um, like a U-Haul storage shed or whatever. So you only have so much space in that storage. And if you're not using what's in there then it it's full you can't put anything else in there and it spills over and it turns into fat and ultimately becomes very inflammatory and you become insulin resistant because your body physically can't produce enough insulin to um do anything with those carbohydrates shuttle it in shuttle it in because there's, mm -hmm. there's no more space so um you know my big thing lately is i try to eat carbs post-workout so post-workout, you're really insulin sensitive. So the um, chances of those shuttling into the storage space are much higher. 
Um, and that also depends on your intensity of your workout, what kind of workout you did, how much glycogen you needed. So these are all things that you need to be real with yourself about what are your goals, you're trying to lose weight, you're trying to add weight. How, what muscle groups did you hit? Do you need a big dose of carbohydrates to replenish that glycogen? Or did you only tap out half the storage? Because if you only tapped out half the storage, you might not even need that many carbohydrates. Um, simple sugars are going to digest faster. Complex are going to have a little bit more of a time delay. So the simple stuff you can get away with eating post-workout, while the complex stuff is what you'd have later on in the day. What kind of um, like supplements or um, minerals and vitamins can you take that help reduce inflammation? Um, I think leafy greens are on that list. Uh, I don't know them off the top of my head. Turmeric? Turmeric, for sure. Turmeric, dark cherries. Um, blueberries? Probably any blueberries, antioxidants. Antioxidants. Blueberries, type of berries in general. Um, omega 6. Yeah. Good fatty acids. Yeah. So these are all some things that you can also take and add into your add into your diet plan. Magnesium. Magnesium is good. Yeah. Um, add into your diet as part of a supplement plan. Yeah, yeah, I think I think diet is such a complex thing because it. I mean, like everybody eats different foods. Everybody is gonna react differently to food. So it's all about eating foods and being real with yourself. Like, say you eat a Pop-Tart in the morning, 30 minutes later, if you feel your stomach upset, there's a reason why your stomach's upset. It's because your body's not digesting that cereal or Pop-Tart, whatever you think that is going to fill you up throughout the day. And then you're having those insulin, or you're having those spikes in your blood sugar. And then you're obviously feeling terrible because you've eaten a food that doesn't digest well or process well in your body. I highly recommend, if possible, to... Um, not eat carbohydrates first thing in the morning. Um, to start your day off with a insulin spike is only going to further that demand of your body for the rest of the day. Because once it has that quick energy, it's going to look for more. But if you wake up and you have something that's like protein, fat, something a little bit more sustained, and it stabilizes your blood sugar, then you're not riding that roller coaster. That's a good point. Mm -hmm. that's so really, that's really, really good to... That's a uh, really important too, and I like I like to tell people like you know wait a little bit to eat too. Mm -hmm. Like you don't have to eat right away in the morning. Like give yourself some time to wake up, um, and then once you get act are actually hungry, you know, or even if you are hungry, try to fight it off a little bit. But I like to, I, my rule of thumb is wait ninety minutes before you uh, eat we've after you wake up in the morning. A little bit more last week is we've been doing like either fasted workouts or waiting to eat. Mm -hmm. Like today, we didn't eat until what time? 12. 12 o'clock. Mm -hmm. It was the last time we ate. Fast I mean, like, yeah, we did sleep in a little bit. We kind of, Wes and I joked that we caught up on our sleep because we both had a long, long week um, yeah. between, like, being super busy. So um, even before, I mean, Friday, I didn't eat until 11 o'clock in the afternoon. I've been trying to do that more and more because I feel like my brain, even though... If I can control my hangriness, which is something that I've always struggled with, I feel like I'm the hungrier I am, the more drive I have towards getting stuff done. Like if I'm like, okay, I'm gonna eat at twelve o'clock. Okay, how much can I fit into my day before twelve o'clock? 
yeah, I'm going to be kind of like super anxious about wanting to eat. I feel like that's something I struggle with. But at the same time, I feel like once I eat, it kind of gets slowed down. I got to let my body digest. So I try to fit in so much that I can before I eat so that I can kind of let myself rest and recover as I'm eating and a little bit after I'm eating too and give myself the time to digest those foods. So that's another thing I've been trying out this week and I think it is really effective. I like doing like fasted workouts, fasted cardio. I feel like my body, I feel leaner throughout the whole entire day. I feel like I've actually burned a little bit more fat by not going into a workout um, with calories in my in my storage or my bank, you know? So that's something I've been trying to do and I really like this week. That's a really amazing pro tip. I think all, all three of us are really into intermittent fasting, but we're going down a little bit of a rabbit hole as far as yeah. the nutrition type thing, and we still got uh, three other topics to get to. So, Stevie, let's go back to you. So, like I said, you've been really into, you've actually had a little bit of back pain yourself, mm-hmm. and you went to some go-to stretches. Yeah. So, um, talk about how stretching affects the, or how stretching helps reduce uh, the pain, whatever it's your back, or your hips, or your knees, shoulders. So, um, yeah, like Dan was saying, I have had, um, I mean, I've had back issues, lower back issues for a while. I feel like a lot of women struggle with that, and even men, too. Anyone, you know, that's one of the leading causes of pain. Yeah, lower back pain. So, I mean, everybody has it. It's just about trying to manage that lower back pain. So, one thing that I really, really enjoy doing, and I can show you an example, we do plan on doing a video, a few tips and tricks to relieve back pain, but I really like to use the yoga ball. So um, I feel one reason why a lot of people struggle with lower back pain is because their core, their abdominals are not strong. And I can say that my lower abs are not as strong as I intend them to be. So that's one thing that I've been focusing more on is getting on a yoga ball, getting a foundation from my heels to my knees to my hips, getting everything nice and strong and just doing some basic sit-ups, stretching out my back, stretching out my lower abs and my core and then also trying to strengthen my core as well and then there's another exercise I like to do where I just push my hips back and kind of go into a lower back stretch where I'm reaching towards my toes but like I said before we're going to post a video on these stretches so I won't go too much into explaining what they are I'll just show you afterwards but yoga ball Getting off the floor and doing some like stretches for your lower back instead of doing like crunches on the floor I really recommend doing um, ab exercises on a yoga ball just because you can keep everything nice and um, strong and not kind of forcing your hips off the ground laying on the ground you know which is something I'm getting off topic but I'll show you with the video some exercises you can do with the yoga ball um, I'm gonna let you talk about rolling out well you were you got a little bit into the strengthening side of things yeah I was hoping you talk a little bit about more about stretching and just the benefits of stretching when you're feeling tight and when you're feeling pain in your knee joint like you yeah. you had sore knees after your run you've had sore hip mm-hmm. and sore back right and so I know you were doing a lot of stretches and you got into myofascial release and that yeah, type of so, stuff because um, I, I, I want to dive into more of the strengthening type stuff okay so I'll leave that up to you so that was just one exercise I do to strengthen my um, lower back and my core um, one thing I really like to do but I think that you'd be better explaining it we'll do it in the video is I like to use the foam roller for my lower back I'll just like lay straight on the uh, foam roller kind of push my hips up and roll my lower back out and I'll just do some like knee raises and some um, 
movements with one side of my leg and then move to the other side. So rolling out is a huge thing too, but I feel like that's more of a visual concept than trying to explain it on the podcast. So that's something else I'll show in the video that um, we're going to be doing today. So um, I like to also use the TRX. We don't have a TRX in our house, so I won't be able to show you that, but I like to use the TRX, the suspension, to kind of stretch out my lower back. I'll go into a shoulder width position. I'll push my hips back as I hold the um, TRX in my hands, and I'll just let all that that weight kind of press through my through my arms all the way to my lower back and have my point be right in my hips where I'm pushing back, keeping my legs nice and straight. So that's a stretch I can show you. Maybe later on this week, once I get a TRX, I can post that on Instagram or... That's a really good one, too. Yeah. It reminds me of, like, the um, the black the black seats that you stretch on, you mm -hmm. know, where, like, basically you're manipulating an angle to have gravity pull mm -hmm. everything. So it's, like, a super intense... Meh, yeah, it's, it's an intense child's pose. Yeah. Basically, it's a little yeah. easier to get into. You know, like, I mean, you could get a... 90 year old woman into a, that TRX pose mm -hmm. asking them to get on the floor and hunch over and try to like sink yes. down is kind of hard but like that's so easy for the average person to do yeah because I have really tight hamstrings so when I do that that stretch on the TRX I allow myself a little bit of bend in my knees and I allow my I kind of like go into a sway back and forth so I can adjust my hips because um, I've learned recently that one of my hips sits higher than the other uh, so I really have to focus on just when I stretch out just really focusing on getting my hips back evenly and then I can rotate from side to side to really push into each side and try to loosen them up um, so that's another exercise so I've talked about the yoga ball um, stretch which I'll show you it actually is a, um, a lower back stretch that I pair with the yoga ball abs so strengthening and a stretch um, the TRX and then the foam roller, which I can show you the yoga ball and the foam roller today in our, the video. Mm -hmm. So I'll let you talk a little bit more about strengthening the lower back. And I'll just get into the stretches in the video. Okay. Well, also, the, the concept of, of stretching, right, or, or um, reducing tightness. Or what, I guess, what tightness does on your body. So every single muscle is connected to a bone. Okay, um, and those bones make joints. So let's talk. We mentioned uh, posture in the upper back earlier, right? Mm -hmm. um, and rounded shoulders, right? So when you have rounded shoulders, those those pec muscles. You have pec major, pec minor, and you have some serratus anterior muscles that are all very very tight, and they're pulling your shoulder forward, and it's manipulating the way that your shoulder head is relaxing in its socket, um, and it's adjusting the way that your clavicle is in your AC joint, right? And it's raising... I don't want to talk in better terms. <laughs> and it's raising the shoulder blade up, right? Uh, so it's just, it's throwing everything out of whack. And as soon as you try to move, right, you, you'll feel clicks, mm -hmm. right? Or you feel pain. Um, and sometimes it's not just muscular because sometimes it's muscular uh, because you might have some micro tears in there. Um, a lot of times it's just the joint is just not freely moving and you just feel feel those clicks and it f feels uncomfortable, right? Mm -hmm. But it's all because you have the front of your body is very, very tight. And then the back, the front, sorry, the front of your shoulder, so your uh, anterior chest, right, is really, really tight. And that's stretching out the back of your shoulder, right? And so stretching these 
the front of your body will just allow your shoulder to go into a more natural place for it to move. And then lo and behold, your shoulder moves better and moves more freely, right? And you won't have those clicks anymore, mm -hmm. right? If you don't take care of that, those clicks, which just may start as something innocent as like a click where there's no pain, right? It, where actually it's your shoulder head grinding against the bones and your the other bones in your joint, your, your clavicle, right? Your AC joint, right? That eventually, that grinding wears it down and will turn to arthritis. Or will turn, or will turn to bone on bone um, grinding because you have normal cartilage in that joint, right? Mm -hmm. So it can turn into something much, much worse down the road. I'm talking about repetitive movements again, right? Mm -hmm. So that's the concept concept of stretching: is make sure that those these muscle groups relax, right? You get more flexible to have free range of motion in the joints. Well, everybody thinks of <clears throat> muscle contractions as like, um, well, let's just do the bench press, right? If if you say a muscle contracts during the bench press, your chest is working, duh, right? But nobody understands that when they're on their computer typing and they're in that posture that you were just talking about, that is a contraction. So it's, For the chest. Exactly. The chest is contracting for minutes or hours on end and it becomes overactive so is you know contractions don't just happen in the gym they happen all day long as you're sitting mm -hmm. in a good posture or a bad posture so they're becoming too strong for their own good which is why strength training is so cool in my opinion when you do it obviously with proper technique but with full range of motion because it's a two for one when we do rows our chest becomes very long so mm -hmm. instead of being overactive and tight it now gets a chance to be stretched. Absolutely. At the same time, everything, the rhomboids, mid traps, whatever, your lats are pulling and becoming stronger. And then um, they do their job better at just in general becoming more active than they currently are to help balance out. Mm -hmm. to... And that helps your posture too, because if you're strengthening your back, you're going to uh, round your shoulders back, pull your chest up, and stay in with better posture. So that's kind of ties everything together, is strengthening your back so that your chest isn't contracted at all times and yeah. working on your posture as well yeah always remember there's a right and a left and a front and a back when you're working your muscles mm. yeah a lot of people don't work their back as much i mean i that's one of the reasons why um dan's helped me a lot weston's helped me a lot um we use a trigger pointer gun dan's done massage on my back because when i first started working out like i'm not no saying i used to hit chest like three times a week and now I've noticed that because I used to hit chest all the time, my back is not as strong as my chest. So I've had every single problem we've talked about today, like my shoulders rounded forward and I've been working on pulling those back. I've, I've spent about the last six months just working on my range of motion in my shoulders because I had um, blindly went into a workout program where I was hitting my chest like three times a week because it was my favorite thing to do and it and it caused problems with the range of motion of my shoulders so um, that's something that I've just started to work on more and more lately I did a lot of shoulder activation and um, shoulder movement today in my workout and I paired it with chest so it's just something that you just have to learn the range of motion that your body can do and then just constantly working on bettering that so that you can have a better posture and a pain-free life essentially yeah and, and what you said Dan I always remember there's a front and a back and a left and a right 
um, it makes me think of the word balance, mm-hmm. right? And that's so crucial because our body works in a chain. So if there's a pole on one side and not the other, then it's a slippery slope. Mm-hmm. So if you're starting out with a, a clean slate, then do as many pushes as you do pulls. Do as many curls as you do extensions. If we're talking about the legs, do as many squats as you do hinges, do as many extensions as you do curls, whatever. And then vice versa, you know, I work with a lot of people with scoliosis and I'll give them probably two pulls for every one push. That's what I live by. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so and honestly, like, I guess as a general rule, you could just flat out say that more more pulls than pushes because um, uh, typically we are all very front dominant. Our society has become that. You know, we're always holding our cell phone in our hands. Yeah, we're driving with our well, chest every, everything's in front of us. Yeah, but just take that concept and apply it to what you personally need or whoever you're trying to help. But, two, yeah. two to one pull to push ratio mm-hmm. is uh, is something that I always have lived by. I learned that at the University of South Carolina. Um, training athletes. I mean, everything that makes you a great athlete is in the back side of you. Mm. Um, everything that makes you good looking is on the front side of you. <laughs> um, I don't know if I agree with that. Oh, yeah. You're, true. you're, not, you're not wrong. The booty <laughs> the booty makes a difference. Um, but, yeah, definitely to be a great athlete, you want a, a healthier back than a, mm-hmm. than a chest. And, I, you know, spine is everything, you know. Mm-hmm. so It's the center of the body. Oh, spine is everything. So it definitely behooves you to uh, two to one. Pull the push ratio. There's just so many. There's so many pain spots in around the spine. You know, like a lot of people just. You said eighty percent of people complain about back pain. It's it's so so underdeveloped in a lot of Americans, and it's just that's what's causing pain for people. It's just well, the the back pain is tricky too because we were talking about chains, right? I mean, think about your spine. Your spine is a chain. It's a long chain, and it has. What, three separate curves in it, right? If it's healthy, it has three separate curves. Um, if it's not healthy, it might have a fourth curve going to the right or to your left, like you know, scoliosis, mm-hmm. right? But whatever is happening on those curves is going to affect what happens down the chain. So if you have really bad upper back posture, you're actually at some risk of more back, more lower back pain. Mm-hmm people don't understand that what your head is doing if your head's always down and forward right is going to actually put a different force on your low back mm-hmm. than putting it in its correct alignment right well, yeah, so got, that's something that weird, nobody thinks about either a weird drop of gravity when you're forward like this instead of coming directly down on the top of your head through the whole spine mm-hmm. there's like a sheer force almost mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yes everything that affects the top of the chain affects the bottom of the chain yeah, and a big thing that I always have to try to drill in with clients that you have to try to just get them to understand because you're not in their body is <clears throat> because of everything we're talking about, there is this preconceived notion that any sensation in the back is bad. When people are working out, it's like, all right, look, like if we're doing a rack pull, for instance, or an RDL or you know you name it and they're not totally used to that sensation of the erectors working then they're like oh well, I feel it in my back it's like well which part and I'm watching you that you're keeping your back flat right so as long as we still have that integrity of the back 
That's what you're asking your muscles to do what they're meant to do. You're just applying a weird force on them that you're not used to. Mm. So you have to be able to decipher good pain versus bad pain if you're going to make it to a healthy, strong back. You know what I'm saying? For sure. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of I want to I want to go back to what you were saying, Stevie, about um, low back pain and the importance of having stronger abs, right? Mm-hmm. So. Um, that's one thing to do, right? That's one thing to do, especially for lower back pain, is to strengthen your abs, right? There's the front and there's the back. If your back hurts, strengthen your front, mm-hmm. right? Um, but also, um, common common things that are associated with uh, low back pain are weak at, weak abs, um, tight hip flexors, and tight hamstrings, because the hip flexors actually attached to your low spine um, and then your hamstrings are pulling on uh, your pelvis right so which can you know when you your spine is also attached to your pelvis right or your your hips um, it goes through your hips so what that's kind of what we got to look at is where where is the pain come or why is the pain happening Right, and it could be from mm-hmm. an association of areas, different areas, front, back, right, and left. Now, it's a, that's front and the back. What about right and left? So your spine has to be stabilized. Your spine is essentially like, um, what are you know the bridge, the bridges that have the, all the wires coming down mm-hmm. from the from the post right in the middle, right, the tallest post, and they have the, all the wires coming down, right? It's essentially what your spine looks like. You got a bunch. You got your spine running straight up and down, and you got a, a bunch of s- small, long, wiry muscles coming down like a Christmas tree off your spine, right? And they're all attached to your spinous processes that are on your right, your, your left or right side of your spine, right? And so we have to look into strengthening those muscles that are going to help stabilize the spine and keep it from shifting either from right and left, front and back, or in a transverse motion, so like in a, in a twisting motion, right? Because mm-hmm. a lot of people's back pains are coming because either their spine, like their vertebrae are rubbing against each other, like like essentially like what happened in the shoulder, right? Or their disc is pressing up against their spinal cord and and shooting pain down their leg or whatever's happening, right? Um, and that's happening because there's instability in the spine because those stability muscles attached to the spine are weak. And so that's something that I wanted to do in the video. So you wanted to do in your video, strengthening the abdominals. I want to do in the video, strengthening the stabilizer muscles around the spine. And Mm -hmm. I have three specific exercises that we're going to get into on that one um, that are part of what's called the McGill Big Three. But I'll I'll go into detail in the video for that. I mean, 80% is such a big number. Like 80% of the people with lower back pain. These are exercises that we're going to show you that we're going to do at our house. So it's not like you can't do these exercises and just try them out for like a week. You don't have to try if they're not working for you, don't do them ever again, but just try them out and see if you make sure you're using the right form with these exercises and see if they help at all. And there might be one of the three of the McGill exercises that you really enjoy doing. Do that exercises in your daily routine so that you can strengthen those areas that are causing you pain. And that's just something that I think that a lot of people need to do is just try to manage their own pain without doing painkillers or mm-hmm. getting surgery or anything along those lines. If there's so much you can do that's cost effective, it's not going to cost you the price of a surgery or painkillers or 
your time, you know, this it's so, little exercise. So you just mentioned form, right? Yeah. You just mentioned form and how you're doing the exercises. So let's let's check in with Mr. Form Friday himself. <laughs> At your service. Why is moving with perfectionist type of <laughs> technique super crucial to reducing pain or preventing pain? Or even reducing pain, helping pain get better. Well, um, there's, there's just a way that our bodies were meant to move and there's ways that our bodies were meant to stabilize. So with every movement comes both of those things. So when you stabilize everything that's supposed to remain still and then move certain muscles in the direction of where their fibers lie and pull, then you are able to one, produce the proper amount of force, but two, you don't have to allocate from other areas of your body that aren't really ready for that demand and aren't even supposed to really move in those ways. Um, and then you start to, you know, you, you get pain with your tendons, your joints, because you're moving in an unnatural fashion. So my favorite quote is you can't fire a cannon out of a canoe, <laughs> right? Yeah. You can't. What's going to happen if you try to fire a cannon out of a canoe? The thing's going to explode and tip over. And our body's the same way. And that's why I try to explain it to people. This needs to be stabilized. Here's the direction that the muscle moves in. We're going to bring this point to that point and try to refrain from anything else shifting around yeah so I always use cars for example and I'm not even sure why but if you think about body mechanics you think about a car and the way it drives if you have one tire filled up higher than the other side of the tire eventually that other tire is gonna wear down and it's gonna it, your car is gonna run worse than if you were to have both those even so if you look at um, body mechanics the same way if you're not Squat. If you're squatting with one foot turned out, you're eventually going to cause an ailment or injury in, in one part of your body just from that little tiny tweak in your foot. So it's all about making sure that your form is completely correct while you're doing something so that you're keeping everything balanced. Yeah, because you will get a compensation and then that will lead to something negative down the road. Um, and, you know... I, I'm a firm believer that our body likes alignment, mm -hmm. you know, so there's the anatomical position and things are meant to move in certain ways, you know, your your knee's a hinge joint, there's not supposed to be a left or a right torque on it, um, and you know, it kind of comes back to like um, bicep curls, I mean, so many people do these straight bar bicep curls. And depending on the size of the structure of your body, they might work. But for the most part, the average person that tries to twist their hands to be able to get to that position is going to cause a tremendous amount of stress on the elbow. And they just keep doing it because they've seen people do straight bar curls forever in gyms. Now, I never have any of my clients do straight bar. It's always the easy bar because there's, there's that curvature to it. And then, you know, you just look at the anatomical position when you stand like this, your hands aren't turned out like that. There's a slight 
degree of a, of a slant. So that's able to align the hinge joint of your elbow to move the way it's supposed to without twisting on the wrist because when the wrist, the wrist has to crank out, here comes the elbow that has to turn with it, right? So just little stuff like that. Mm -hmm. That's just one example. But uh, yeah, it's very crucial that you move your body in the way it was meant to move with the proper stability by the surrounding muscles. Yeah, the, one of the biggest faults I see in people with knee pain is that they're um, they're pushing too much of the weight forward, right? So yeah. they're not get they're knee bending rather than hip bending, right? And so when they're and also people think that their knees can't go past their toes, which is incorrect, right? It's all about balance, right? So what's happening? So okay, so if you're in a squat and picture you're looking at it from like the left side. And if you're in a squat and your knees bend bend and your knees go forward over your toes, but your hips are also going straight down, literally all of your force is going straight forward into your knee, right? Now, vice versa, if you start a squat and your hips go back first and then your knees go forward, well, that force force production is not forward or backwards. It's right over top of the ankle. Yep. Mm -hmm. But in both cases, the knee has crossed over the plane of the toe, right? But in one case, all of your force is going into your knee, the front of your knee, which is where people have the most pain, right? Right on that kneecap area, right? Um, and in another scenario, you have no pain at all because the balance is right over top of your ankle. It's not in the front of your knee. It's not in the back of your knee. It's straight in the center, and you have proper force production. Right, but you also have the correct balance of quad, hamstring, and glute all working together, and there's no pain. Mm. So um, a big part of what we do as personal training clients is like people will come in and be like, "Man, I got like it, you know. I try to work out, but you know, I just it just hurts after a while." I'm like, "Well, what are you doing?" You're like, um, "Well, uh, you know, I hadn't worked out in like a year, but I was really motivated, and so like, you know, and from." Um, January 1st from the New Year's resolution so I just jump right in I'm one of those people that just you know I'm all in full sin so they get in five days a week right and it's like you hadn't worked out in a year so now you come in five straight days okay that's red flag number one okay now show me your squat <laughs> yeah so and then they do scenario number one where they're not using their hips at all yeah their knees like, break first so okay so let's let's tailor it back a little bit let's come in twice a week for now right and let's let's make sure we use your hips when you're squat. Now, when you squat, when I show you how to do this with your hips, do you have knee pain anymore? No. Most Whoa. Okay. Well, it's just because you moved better, essentially. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. It's just because you moved better, and that's one of our big things. Is like if we can just get you to move better, I bet you you feel better all the time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What have we had every single one of the topics that we were wanting to? Mm -hmm. We have. Mm-hmm. Cool. I believe so. With nine minutes to spare. So let's let's recap. Time for fun. What was recap? Recap. <laughs> We've been recap. way too serious this podcast. Um, yeah, <laughs> we have been super serious, but this is a serious topic. It's like a lot of people don't understand how important your diet is, how important your body mechanics is, how important. It's complex information. It's, as well. It is, and it's a lot. I mean, it's a lot to take in. Um, one thing that I started to do again. I mean, I've 
I had my phases with this, but I started to track my calories, my, um, how much calories I'm eating versus how many calories I'm burning throughout the day. I do that on my Fitbit app, but you can also do that Apple Watch or any type of uh, tracking device, but I started to track my food a lot more and um, trying to be in a 500 to about 900 calorie deficit is what I've been going, what I've been actually doing. And um, I just do that now because I'm trying to cut a few pounds before Christmas so that I can eat guilt-free during Christmas time. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, we've, we've kept our diet pretty clean for the most part. And I have noticed a lot of um, just clean energy recently. I'm not eating those foods. Like, I'm not saying that my diet's perfect. I, I know we preach a lot about, like, don't eat sugars, don't, don't eat a lot of carbs if you don't eat them, but... Um, I've been trying to cut back a lot on that, and it just makes me feel better in general to not eat crappy foods. For sure. So, I mean, try it out for one week. It's not for you. It's not for you. But I promise if you pay attention to what you're eating and what foods bother your stomach, what foods make you feel tired, what foods make you feel energized, and even if they do make you feel energized, are they making you crash an hour after you eat them? Um, Weston and I have started to do this. Weston started before me, but I started cutting back on coffee. He's been talking a lot about the parasynthetic system and um, how that affects your, your day and um, what causes the uh, mood swings and stuff in your body. So I started cutting back on coffee a lot, and honestly, I'm able to fall asleep easier. I'm able to um, feel less tired throughout the day. I have taken advantage of ca caffeine in the past, and so I'll drink coffee in the morning. Yeah, I'm energized for about an hour, but then I feel like I crash. So that's another thing that um, we as Americans take advantage of is caffeine. We drink a lot of caffeine. Yeah. And so I've been trying to restrict <clears throat> my caffeine intake, and that's helped a lot too. It's very easy to overdo caffeine because mm -hmm. it's just like this readily available PED of life. Mm -hmm. um, and a, a really cool note on the parasympathetic sympathetic topic. Um, so we have two systems basically, and it's parasympathetic, which is also known as rest and digest, and then there's sympathetic, which is fight or flight. Uh, and, and then fight or flight is a very stressful state, which can be very <laughs> beneficial depending on what you're trying to do. If you are working out, you want to heighten that. If things hitting the fan and you have to think quickly and fight off somebody that's trying to intrude your house or take your car, then you want that to rev up. Every other part of your day, you want to be in the sympathetic, which is rest, recovery, and digest. When you're in that stress state, blood literally shuttles out of your stomach into your extremities because it's think you're ready to fight and it makes digesting food much harder stress is a cortisol hormone and all holds on to fat it's a, it's a fat storing hormone so the idea of trying to be calm throughout your day until you need to be stressed or sympathetic is a very good thing to start to be conscious of that's a really good that's a really good point I mean, like I said earlier today, before we started the podcast, I see people like, I don't know if I'm cursed, but I see people all the time eating in their car. 
and one of the, the highest stressors in America is driving in your car. So if you're thinking about being stressed out and eating, I just just can see that food just being tacked right onto your body because first of all, the food that you're eating in the car is most likely not something healthy. So you're eating something that's terrible. You're stressed out while you drive and that food is just being put to poor use. Yeah, do not eat when you're stressed. Yeah. Stress eating is terrible. Like no, too many people fall victim to that. I mean, well, it's, it's very, so easy. It's very easy. It is easy. But so I want to make I want to make sure that I think you mixed them up. You said that parasympathetic was the rest digest, right? It is. Okay. I was thinking that you switched them around. In the I want to make sure that I want to make sure that it was parasympathetic is rest digest. We got sympathetic a is over here. fight or flight. Back or I saw I was just saw it as uh, parasympathetic is feed or breed. <laughs> Being <a breed. laughs> I like that one. Taking yeah. it all the way back to our ancestors, that would be perfect. We should. We're not that far off from our ancestors. Mm-hmm. Well, um, we kind of dived in a little bit to the parasympathetic. I really, Weston's been talking about it a lot, and it's just so interesting and fascinating to me. So I'll probably be doing a little bit of studying on that. We could have an entire podcast on that. Yes, we could. And so that's yeah. why I, I was just um, kind of getting into... The topics that we talk about are limitless. We could talk about anything. So if there's ever any suggestions that you want us to talk about, um, you as our listeners, or you're the reason why we do these podcasts. I mean, we talk this type of stuff all day long if we can. So we're just really kind of regurgitating our thoughts that we make throughout the day so, so that you can know and understand our thought processes. So if there's ever anything that you question or want to know more about, we like researching. We like to study the, that information and learn more about it ourselves so that we can help you understand that information. So, And I just like to learn more and more. So if there's ever a topic that we know about that we can talk about to you or there's a topic that we could research ourselves to get better versed in, we'd like you to put your input your input into our podcast so yeah if you ask us a question we don't know that's a win-win and then you get a little uh shout out on the podcast because if your question is put on here we'll obviously be like okay this is so-and-so's question they want to know whether or not you know and then you're gonna instantly get like 200 followers yeah (laughs) two million actually at least that's funny uh yeah we definitely uh we definitely love every time Someone has a good question for us. And you can find us at the the 309 method on Instagram. Um, Usually, Weston is posting our podcast via Facebook uh, that has the link to the podcast. Um, So you can share that on Facebook. Uh, Stevie shares it. I share it. Uh, So if you see it, share it. uh, Spread the word. There's so many ways to communicate. Like you said, Instagram, all three of our Facebooks. If you message one of us, we can relay the message to the other person. There's so many ways to contact us. Don't be shy. Feel free to ask us any questions. And if you don't want to be shouted out on Instagram for your question or on this podcast for your question, we don't have to do that. It can be anonymous. Um, like I said, we like to learn. We like to further our education. We like to... Weston started to get really into the parasympathetic, sympathetic, and we're starting to use that in our daily routine. So... Um, I have a question for you guys. What's that? Christmas is 17 days away. Oh, gosh. What's the number one food y'all are looking to eat on Christmas? Christmas cookies. Christmas cookies. <laughs> that was quick. Christmas that was cookies. quick. Um, yeah. My sister made some really addicting cinnamon rolls, and I planned that she makes those again, hopefully. 
and that is like crack. Those cinnamon rolls are so good. Uh-huh. And yeah, it's okay to you know let yourself fly. Yeah. Let your freak y'all, fly. Y'all too went well. with the sugar. I I, know. I I wanted to say my grandma's lasagna. Mm-hmm. She makes lasagna. Mm-hmm. That's for once the, a year. Just once it a year. Wrong. Lasagna. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Real G's moving silence like lasagna. So keep, <laughs> keep your diet clean until Christmas, guys. That's the main topic right there. Mucho love. Videos coming soon.